In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Amen. Last week, um, we got up to verse 26 of chapter 12, the concluding chapter of the Book of Signs, where we're reflecting on the signs. Um, you remember, Jesus has entered Jerusalem, and um, uh, he begins to teach. And he's, see, once we have this line here, you see that the, that the hour has come, for the Son of Man to be glorified. Son of Man to be glorified means what? To be raised up, to be lifted up on the cross. This Greek word, ipsun, means to, to be raised up. And they're borrowing it from the Greek translation of the servant song. Now my servant is exalted, it, it reads in Hebrew. And they translate it with this word. So, there are three passion predictions in John, and every time there, as there are three in the synoptics, um, but in the, in John, they are uh, always with this word exalted, lifted up, and so forth, with all the ambiguity, lifted up, glorified, raised high above the world, and also lifted up on the cross. And so, uh, now, you see, after offering this invitation. If anyone would serve me, my Father will honor them. Now we start in verse 27 of the same chapter, 12, which is the concluding chapter of this book of science. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this have I come to this hour. Father, Glorify your name. A voice from heaven came. I glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Glorify it again. Um, now, what we have here is John's version of the uh, agony in the garden. This is this turning point, and I want to spend some time on it because it is so important. Um, this, all the synoptics record this moment in the garden. Now you see, for John, it's placed outside the Passion narrative. It is the entrance into the Passion narrative. Um, the uh, total acceptance of the Father's will, and then uh, the um, judgment on, on Satan. Um, okay, so... I want to look now at, you see, this text is uh, found um, in all the Synoptic Gospels and in the letter to the Hebrews. Um, you see, it's this moment of crisis where Jesus, as you know, in the garden, he goes aside. He takes his three closest disciples, his closest friends. They fall asleep. 
this is the moment. There's a wonderful hint, more than a hint. In uh, chapter 13 of Mark, he says, it's, it's the uh, end of the world, the eschatological discourse. And Jesus says there, be, be alert, lest when he comes, he finds you sleeping. Crucial moment, eschatological moment, which means ultimate, not necessarily last all the time. Jesus is away praying. He comes and finds them sleeping. I think I've mentioned this before. You see, the rulers, the, the apostles the, of the church, they're out of it. They're asleep. And the history, the future of the world is hanging in balance here. As St. Maximus the Confessor points out, notice, we are saved by the human decision, by the human decision of a divine person. But Jesus had to invest his whole will in this. Now, that's what we have in the agony in the garden, you see. But then we have it in this other form uh, in uh, the synoptics and also in the letter to the Hebrews. And I want to point out some of that to you now uh, before we move on, because this is the turning point. This human decision by a divine person, you see, is that point upon which the whole history of the world depends. Having made the decision, he doesn't turn his back. He goes to his death and resurrection, to his glorification. So you see, here we have this text, and now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? You see? Well, no. You see? Um, Father, you see, for this I've come to this hour. Father, not only, okay, I'll do it. Father, glorify your name. Let the whole world see your love. God so loved the world, we read in chapter 6, right? That he gave his only begotten son. That's the love. Here, my son, I'm going to have my own divine, immortal, infinite, eternal son in his humanity die for you. That will be his glorification. Now, we read this in Hebrews uh, when we're talking about the high priestly activity of, uh, of Jesus. Huh? Uh, and um, it's interesting to see the way it's, it's done. Uh, um, in the days when he was in the flesh, I'm reading now from uh, uh, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 7. When he was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. Now, this is a high priestly prayer, as well as a high priestly action. See, we're in the section, every high priest is taken from among men and made their representative before God to offer gifts and sacrifices, yes. But he offered cries and tears 
prayers and supplications. He didn't offer. He's not offering animals now. He's offering himself. He's offering his own body. A friend of mine, one who hears often from the Lord, heard him tell her one day, when I was in the garden and I saw what was coming, I was filled with revulsion. It cost him. You see? So with loud cries and tears, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Now listen to this. Son though he was, he learned obedience. He felt obedience in his flesh in a new way. And this is this famous uh, little saying in Greek. Mathene uh, and pathene. Mathene is to learn, pathene is to experience or to suffer. If you want to learn, you have to go through pathene. You have to experience it, you have to know it, you have to endure it. And so, you see, he was made perfect, you see. Made perfect means he was ordained a priest. I don't have time to explain all that right now. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, declared by God, high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Which means he's sitting at God's right hand, if you remember Psalm 109, from which that line comes. So you see, at this moment, we are looking at this, the way John is going to tell us about this, you see, this moment. Now my soul is troubled, which is the same kind of word you find in the synoptic account, you see. And what should I say? Well, you know what they say, what said in, uh, uh, well, let's just take one look at Mark 14, for instance, where uh, he prays, you see. Father, you see, uh, he wants his three closest friends to wait close to him, see. Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Take this cup away from me. Do you feel his suffering? This is the Son of God, eternal. Take this cup away from me but not what I will, but what you will. That's the human decision of a divine person. Told by John in another way, you see. But this is so important because this is the entrance to the Passion. The Greeks want to see him. Now he knows the vocation of Israel to be the instructor of the whole world and to bring salvation to the whole world. Now it's going to happen in Jesus. And so now the Jews will be the one offering the whole world the Messiah and joining the world in worshiping him and serving him. And we're still waiting for that to happen in its fullness. Okay. Then a voice from heaven said, I glorified it and I will glorify it again. That's the voice from uh, the uh, transfiguration and the baptism. Again. I will glorify my name. How? By moving you with such love that you will run to the cross and show my love in you, your love, as you share in my love to the whole world. That's what the cross is about. I had a great, I had many great professors, but one of them was Father Stanislaus Lyonnais, and we had him for Romans. But one day he made this remark. You know, People say, if you want to see the meaning of sin, look at the cross. No. 
You want to see the meaning of sin? Look at hell. That's where it goes. If you want to see the meaning of love, look at the cross. This is so important at this turning point that we're at right now, you see? Um, the crowd standing and listening there said that there'd been thunder. Others said, it looks like an angel spoke to him. Jesus said, not for me did the voice come, but for you. My father is saying, I accept your sacrifice. You see? And so then we, this turning point, which is placed here outside the temple, uh, and, and, and yes, but also maybe in the temple, we don't know, uh, but before the passion narrative itself begins. And here we have this thing, now my soul is troubled. Then we have this, he offered loud cries and tears to the one, you know, uh, who could save him from suffering. And he was heard. That he didn't suffer? No. That he was glorified. And with him, you see, all of us, because when he says, save him from death, the him is us. And the death is eternal. We're joined to him. He can't go anywhere without us. We're his body. He's joined to us. Okay. But that voice came for you. So that is the way this section, uh, that part of it ends. Now we're going to have our Lord's words in this final part of this uh, section uh, on this whole incident. And um, we'll be doing that uh, after the break. <laughs> 